Hello, and welcome to Book Solid, New Canaan Library's podcast for young adults, new adults, and the forever young adult at heart. I'm your host, Kathleen. I'm your host, James. Today we are talking about Every Heart a Doorway by Shauna McGuire. Yep, and before we start talking about the book, I'm just going to read the book summary so that we have an idea of what's going on if you haven't read the book. So, Eleanor West's home for wayward children. No solicitations, no visitors, no quests. Children have always disappeared under the right conditions, slipping through the shadows under a bed or at the back of a wardrobe, tumbling down rabbit holes and into old wells and emerging somewhere else. But magical lands have little need for used-up miracle children. Nancy tumbled once, but now she's back. The things she experienced, they change a person. The children under Miss West's care understand all too well, and each of them is seeking a way back to their own fantasy world. But Nancy's arrival marks a change at the home. There's a darkness just around each corner, and when tragedy strikes, it's up to Nancy and her newfound schoolmates to get to the heart of things, no matter the cost. All right. Well, before we get started, I want to issue a spoiler warning, because we will be talking about everything. And the good news is that this is a novella, only about 160 pages. Yes, very short. (laughs) So making up for the length of Babel. You'll have plenty of time to read this book if you want to just hit pause right now. (laughs) So uh, Kathleen, with that all out of the way, what did you think of the book? So I think every time you recommend a fantasy book, you wait to see if this will be the one that broke me. I do. But I I really enjoyed this one. I, I thought it was so thoughtful and really well written. It's for 160 pages or so. The world building is so well thought out and so incredible. And uh, the characters are also, you really, you really get to care about them. I think that they are, they're not just there to further the plot, but they're people that have fascinating backstories and um, just a lot of pathos. I really felt invested in all of their stories. And so even though we don't get to visit the worlds technically, uh, we just kind of hear about the worlds that all of these characters have come back from. They're so vivid and they're so interesting. I just thought it was really engrossing and it, of course, also has murder, so that was really thrilling, too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I also really liked it. I think that in the interest of helping people understand what goes on in this book, just because it's kind of confusing to just talk about the characters in the world, I think a, a short summary would probably be in order here. So the book starts with Nancy, who has just returned from her own portal world, which is like the underworld, where she was expected to stand still and not move and be quiet and intentional with all her movement, which is something that she really grew into and realized that she loved. And she's out now, and now she's being sent to Eleanor West's home for wayward children because her family is really worried about her. They were like, you need to be more active. You're, you're fading away into the background. You're not dating anybody anymore. You're not seeing people. It's really upsetting them that their daughter has, has kind of changed so much. So they sent her to this school, unknowing, of course, that Eleanor West is a person who has been to a world before, and her school is not a place for people to recover and rehabilitate and normalize and go back into society Uh, but it's a place for the people who have been to these different worlds and had these experiences to come together talk about their feelings and experiences perhaps they'll find their way back to the world but if not to kind of learn to live without it and grieve in a kind of community that would understand exactly what they lost Unfortunately, shortly after she arrives there, her roommate and potentially new friend Sumi is found murdered and her hands are missing. So she has to uh, make she makes some new friends and in doing so discovers that a girl in the school is trying to assemble a kind of skeleton key of a girl who is perfect and will unlock all doors so that she can find her way back home because she's so desperate to get back to what she had lost. That girl is unsuccessful, is killed, 
um, and then is taken through the, the portal to her world by her sister, which ends the book. Nancy does, I believe, also find her way back to her world at the very end. She does. And one of the things that I find really wild about this book is that I thought Every Heart a Doorway was like this beautiful poetic title. And then I kind of had this realization that the heart, the human heart, is like part of a literal doorway because she is assembling doorways out of body parts. Yeah. But so this idea, since we're kind of talking about portals, keys to other worlds, maybe we can just discuss a little bit this idea of a portal fantasy and, you know, how these characters got into their worlds, but also how this book differs because it isn't really the exciting, let's see what happens to these characters in these magical worlds, but everything that we're reading about is happening after the fact. This is very much like a post-portal fantasy world. I'm tempted to say it's like a post-apocalyptic world for for a lot of these characters who have been to these other places because the, the ideal thing about a portal fantasy is what really makes those something that people cherish is it's a story where people are able to enter into a fantasy world and have incredible adventures free from parental supervision or their guardian supervision from the society that they know and might have placed restrictions or impositions upon them. And they get to find themselves in this new place, this new land, and and make a difference. And then this book is like, and then they all got kicked out. And now they're here, <laughs> and it's back to society, baby. And nobody deals with that very well because it would be shocking. Uh, a shocking readjustment in this book. Time is kind of wonky when it comes to these. So you could spend 12 years in a, in a portal world and then come back and it's been like a year or a couple months. And so all that growth and all that experience that you've had with yourself as a person wiped away in the eyes of everyone around you. And it's an interesting thing because in books that most people would be familiar with when it comes to portal fantasies, thinking about Chronicles of Narnia being the major one, um, Kathleen, any other... Yeah, so I think Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland is another exactly. big one. Wizard of Oz, yeah, too, absolutely. A huge one. Um, those kinds of examples. It's all about the world, whereas this is all about the people who have come back. What are they like? How is how was how, how are the issues that because they're all teens, mostly teen girls. They're having teen girl normal issues in general, much less you know from their fantasy adventure land and. It really focuses on these characters and the kind of experience they had. And it's really incredible how quickly it does so in such a short amount of time. Absolutely. Yeah, come for the magical portal worlds and stay for the trauma. Yeah. Because really, <laughs> there was there was so much more. It's There's a lot more depth to this book than I think just you know a little synopsis of what it's going to be about. You just think, oh, okay, this is going to be kind of a fun exercise in all these cool little worlds that these characters went to. But no, you kind of see the way that it's damaged them being back in the world, the quote-unquote real world where their families don't understand them anymore. They were, you know, maybe the truest versions of themselves in the worlds that they went to, and now they're being asked to basically perform, to have the role they were fulfilling previously before they left, or to just do things that make their families feel comfortable, but at the expense of being true to themselves. Yeah, their families, society... Those kinds of things. Uh, Shauna McGuire, in interviews, she's talked about what she envisions these doors and these worlds to be. And she says that, uh, you know, the doors will always have the phrase, be sure, on top of them. And the characters think this is ridiculous as well because they'll say, like, we were 12 when we found this door. And, of course, we, we're not sure about anything. So we just walk right in, right? But these doors are, they come for you only if they're in some way perfect for you, who you were at the moment that you went through. And they only come if you can be truly happy and be yourself on the other side. So people go through those 
and then they get dropped back into the world that came out from and it's not that perfect world and so for a lot of these characters when they go into those worlds and come back being yourself and you know the things that would make you happy you just can't do it anymore Sean McGuire in interviews has talked about the idea of like masking to conform to societal expectations and ideas even if they're unfair ones even if they're not equitable ideas she says uh, as anyone with autism or adhd or ocd will tell you you know if you stop masking for a while then putting on that mask again it's it's 10 times more energy wasting than having on in the first place and as she says in these in the book characters are expected to do so and then when they're unable to they get shipped off to boarding school it's like that'll fix them uh it just in this case you know people start getting murdered afterwards so hence our adventure <laughs> yeah it really escalates and so that kind of leads to an interesting case where you have found family of survivors of portal adventures in this school, where you have it being as a, like a safe haven for rejected, misunderstood characters who the world doesn't understand the experiences they've been through. But I think critically, they're not accepting of each other. It's not a, a group of miserable people saying, we're all in this together and we're going to get through it. Like they're a bunch of teens in a boarding school and they're jerks to each other sometimes. Like, their experiences and their personalities are, they don't all mesh, and they're not nice. Absolutely. And, yeah, we definitely see a real mix of personalities. And particularly, you can kind of attach these characters to the types of worlds they went to. So some people went to nonsense worlds, and they're a little more nonsensical. You know, they, they might just be, like, chaos energy. And then there are other people who are very rational. Their their rational worlds made them very good at standing still and, and kind of, protecting their own vulnerabilities in a lot of ways too for the super logical rational worlds exactly so we have nancy coming in and maybe a little logically she is suspect number one because she's the new girl and the murders didn't start until she shows up and she went to the world of you know the dead so it's it's not looking great for her it's this really weird situation where she has all these characters who don't really know her that well necessarily and Maybe they all would have been standoffish anyway, but now they're looking at her very suspiciously and, and no one's saying we're all in this together. They're basically saying, you know, I'm going to look out for myself. Yeah, the pressure's on. People are dying. <laughs> uh, you gotta, if, if I die, I can't go back to the place I want to go to. I can't go back home. A lot of the characters refer to this, these portal worlds as their home, even though, you know, that's not where they're from. They're from Earth or whatever, wherever this world is, you know, Earth 1. Um, <laughs> And it's interesting, too, because some of them, you know, have accepted that they're never going back to their world, that the doors don't open again for them. Some doors stay, some doors open up again, others don't. They're one-time deals, and some people have to just get over it and live with it. And that might mean having to learn how to do the masking again, which is just a heartbreaking kind of background current to this book. When people get murdered in this book, too, sometimes it will tell you, about if their door was still around and it's it's it's, it's awful i i feel that you are referring to the tiny tiny door the tiny door yes <laughs> that was just not noticeable uh one of the characters sadly is murdered for her her eyes so one of the things that we we kind of learn over the course of the murders is that these characters who are being murdered are being murdered for specific body parts and particularly the things about them that are special so for this character her eyes they're very attuned to kind of the minutiae of things because she lived in this weird like web world yeah. of like really tiny details and things like that she had kind of like insect eyes sort of like focusing on stuff and so she, she kind of loses that as the murderer tries to assemble her own you know key to get back to her world it's just it's 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 some gruesome stuff. So it that's is. clearly somebody who has not accepted uh, 
their return. That's kind of someone whose whose experience has broken them in a lot of ways. But uh, what did you think of the characters in general? Are there any that stood out for you as having really interesting backstories or characteristics? Absolutely. So one character that I wanted to talk about, particularly because we're talking about how these characters in some way are still connected to their world, so a lot of them want to go back. But on, in a broader sense, they just want to remember the experience. So there are other schools where they could go to try to forget. But at this school, they really want to, to hold on to it and kind of readjust to the world that they're in without losing that experience. So one of the characters that I found the most interesting is this character, Cade, who went to like a fae like, like a fairy world that was having like a war with a like a goblin king uh, Cade was taken there the world took him so that he could fight in the, the the war against the goblin king so a lot of these characters and maybe we can touch upon this later but a lot of these characters are girls young girls who are taken uh, and there's there's some rationale for why the doors specifically appear to them but but Cade is basically taken into this world under the mistaken assumption that he's a little girl. And, uh, you know, as he comes into his own and really learns about himself and becomes this great warrior in, in the Goblin War, and in fact defeats the Goblin King and becomes the Goblin Prince. The Goblin King dying recognizes him for who he is and says, you're the Goblin Prince, you're, you're the heir. That is the moment that he is rejected by the world because they're like, no, that's not what we meant. We meant to get this little girl... And so it's it's such a weird thing. So so one, he can never go back to this world. He never wants to go back to this world. Because it rejected him. Exactly. But but then he goes back and I, I think, you know, he's probably not much older than when he left and it's it's this whole struggle because then he's going back and his parents are thinking, Here's our little girl back and he's like, No, 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 that's not who I am. And so they're kind of rejecting him on they're, a different level. Yeah, they're just in denial about it. They're like, no, that's not true. That's not, that's not, this isn't who you are. And he is clearly saying, no, this is who I am. Like, I don't understand why you're not accepting this. And he's sent to boarding school to kind of figure it out. Uh, luckily, Eleanor West is, is his aunt or something. Like, he's like a direct relation to her. And she's like, yeah, you can just stay here. And he's found a home in the school. He's kind of devoted himself as like a caregiver to these other students who have gone through experiences where he can relate to, you know, the experience of having that kind of freedom and discovery of themselves. But he doesn't necessarily relate with wanting to go back because he knows that that world rejected him. Exactly. Uh, he's a fascinating character. He is, yeah, because he's, he's very welcoming to Nancy. He's a great character as kind of a pathway into this story. And we have the understanding that he'll probably take over this home after... Well, after yeah. Eleanor possibly goes after back. After Eleanor goes back, yeah. There's a lot of really tragic uh, kind of backstories happening as the book goes on. Uh, I think Nancy's also a really interesting character because she's um, she's asexual, mm -hmm. which is not super common in a lot of books that you read. And even more uncommon, she's asexual, but she's not aromantic, right. which means that she uh, is not interested in any kind of really sexual activity or things like that but she understands and appreciates beauty she likes flirting she understands flirting as a kind of really fun thing to do as a way to relate to people and and have fun but she just doesn't like the things that come after that and the book treats that as you know a perfectly respectable position the book doesn't make any kind of value judgments against any characters for any of their personal identities some characters suck some characters are just bad people and have bad opinions and are not good 
but the book isn't like and that makes them bad the book is very much accepting of all these identities and has a really good diverse characters from different backgrounds and it's a really just kind of lovely story about these people trying to recover from from something and find some kind of community and yeah there's also the murders There's that happen yeah murder. which kind of i feel help. i feel like we're leading up to yeah more more murder talk but um but yeah so it's i do really like that it is such a diverse group of characters and it really does explore them i don't know if you know exactly equally but in a way that i do get a sense of everyone and there are spoilers a lot of other books in the series so you yes. can kind of dig into these other characters but but yeah so it doesn't have to be like everything's great everyone gets along but you know, if the characters are bad people, hey, they're just bad people. It's not it's not a judgment call. It's just a judgment call on them being jerks. Yeah. If people are jerks, they're jerks, is what, is what I think the book is saying. And also, <laughs> they're people, they're, they're children also. And True. people are getting murdered around them. So there's, the stress is real. People are lashing out and acting out in ways that are maybe not showcasing their best selves. It is a tense situation. Yes. And we are on Nancy's side, so I do feel bad that she is kind of the suspect and they're also looking at these two characters uh jack and jill so jack uh, is very like scientific and methodical Reserved. and was um maybe working with dead bodies in the world that she came Big from frankenstein vibe <laughs> so so maybe a logical choice again this is maybe someone you would look at a little side eye like i don't know but <laughs> and jill's the murderer <laughs> but that's the fun twist <laughs> you know because don't let people put you in a box yeah she likes the frilly dresses, and no, but she's, she can still murder. She's out there for, for getting back to her home, no matter what the cost. Thinking about this book, I think one of the things I appreciated most about it was, you know, the characters, the kind of world building that's done. It makes you excited for any kind of future installments, because you don't actually get to visit these worlds, and you're like, maybe in the future I'll be able to, to see what these are like. Great kind of building to that. And in um, fact, in the second book, that is where we see Jack and Jill's world. So if you're interested and you want to continue, if yeah. you want to see this horrible place that they lived, just keep continuing with the series. Yeah. But, um, I mean, other things that I guess mention, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, there's reasons for girls going to these worlds and why there's mostly girls at these schools. Do you want to mention about that more specifically? One of the things I really love about this book is it'll be like one sentence or two sentences and it's the most devastating thing you've ever read. Yes. Oh, great <laughs> gut punches in this one. <laughs> And you think, well, how much of that could there be? But it's just, it's all baked into there. It, it's its really woven in, in a, in a really elegant way. But it's just like all of these things are all well thought out. But then they're just like total bummers. So, for example, early on, Nancy notices that there are a lot of girls at the school. And in fact, it, it seems like maybe there aren't as many boys going to these magical worlds, finding these doors. And the explanation she's given is that girls can disappear pretty much without a lot of fanfare they're easier to lose track of so the idea is that you know maybe a boy is loud and boisterous and if someone hasn't heard from him in like 15 minutes they're like uh-oh something's up and they go looking for him and you know they they drag him back and he never even gets a chance there's no door that's going to appear but then a girl you know i don't know she's just like you put her in a corner and you forget about her and she's she's just gone right like it's just like oh one afternoon we kind of stopped thinking about her and then a door appeared and then i don't know <laughs> yeah so societally you know maybe there's more acceptance of oh, sometimes girls just go missing sometimes it just happens and we just kind of accept that and the book angrily shines a spotlight on that <laughs> and as it's barreling towards its conclusion because it's a novella it's short and it's just occasionally it will just shine a really harsh spotlight 
on some aspect of society that the author Shauna McGuire, you know, feels like this is an issue. And then she ties some of those issues into her world building in a way that is devastating and also kind of just fascinating. It's a good novella. It really is. I was blown away by how thoughtful and how deep it gets into all of these issues and all of these worlds. All of the details that I think there wouldn't be time for, even in just like a few sentences or a few paragraphs, I get this sense of a whole world. I get this sense of a whole situation, a whole character that I didn't have previously. Like she, she really has this economy of words, but I don't even feel like it needs to be longer. I just feel like, okay, like this is the complete story and I can move on and I can revisit these characters and, and maybe the worlds that they visited or maybe this world because she kind of covers both. But everything about this, this kind of central problem, Nancy shows up and murders start happening, that gets wrapped up in a totally satisfying way. And then at the end, uh, Nancy actually sees her door again yep. and, and is able to go back to her world. She runs right through. <laughs> She's like, I am sure. Goodbye. <laughs> and I mean, after all that, like, really, like, you would go, right? Like, definitely. There's no, you're like, back in the real world were the murders. So yeah. it's not a great place. So before we start wrapping things up, just want to quickly give the quote for this episode, which is at the very start of the book. This is actually the introduction to the book itself which is kind of covering how the girls who are coming to the school, uh, what their experience is like and why they aren't present for the entrance interviews that are happening between the parents, the guardians, and their siblings. It's actually the opening of the book, which is uh, the girls were never present for the entrance interviews. Only their parents, their guardians, their confused siblings who wanted so much to help them but didn't know how. It would have been too hard on the prospective students to sit there and listen as the people they love most in all the world, this world at least, dismissed their memories as delusions, their experiences as fantasy, their lives as some intractable illness, which I think is just great in so many ways because not only does it kind of introduce you to the core idea of the book, which is the characters, their relationship to these other worlds, and the fact that because of their experiences and their lives and their memories, you know, what's that like and how is society treating them, their family treating them because of those experiences, just a great way to kind of get into the ideas that the book is very interested in right off the bat. It really is. I mean, it's it's really skillfully done because it, it really does, as you said, tell you everything that you need to know. And it's got the sadness you feel for them not being understood by their families, but something kind of hopeful, I think, as you see that they don't have to be present for this painful interaction, but, but then they can kind of move on and they can be in the school and they can... Mm -hmm. It's like a con on the parents in a lot of ways because <laughs> Eleanor West comes to them saying, oh, we can, we can help your children. This is a not unknown delusion in girls or boys of certain ages going into this kind of period of their life. And we can help. We've got teachers. We've got staff. We've got people who can work through it. And then, you know, the parents get conned into it or the guardians get conned into it and then the kids get there. And she's like, all that stuff that you experienced was real, R-E-A-L, <laughs> real. And we're going to help you work through it because you might not be going back and you might be stuck here. Uh, and that's kind of how how that school operates, which is which is a really interesting start to it. It really is. Yeah, it's great reversal. <laughs> so, James, what, what world would you go to? Ooh, uh, I think, let's see, maybe like a post-apocalyptic fantasy world where I'd have to do research to, in order to help society start back up again. That would be interesting. I think that would be interesting, terrifying and interesting. Yeah. Ruined libraries, combing through the, the catalogs, you know, <laughs> leverage some of my skill sets. Nice. Yeah. Like what you're doing now, but in much higher stakes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Kathleen, do you have any idea of what kind of world you'd be in? Nope. Not really. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> I guess so. I, I, I don't think that many of the, the characters in these books chose the world they would go to either. So That's I guess true. it's really kind of, you this know. Is, this is how little self-knowledge I have that I wouldn't know until the door appeared. And I would I would go through it. I would absolutely go through it. And you, I would you, be like, you, let's see about this. You land in the moors. And it's like, would, all right, here's your scalpel. Get Frankenstein in. You know, I was never a great science student. So maybe this is my time. So for our listeners who enjoyed this book, do you have any read-alikes, James, that you could recommend they pick up? Uh, sure. So outside of the entire Where We're Children series by Shauna McGuire, which continues the adventures of some of the characters that we've seen here, sometimes introduces new characters, they actually do get to go to certain worlds. Uh, you can see maybe individual characters having their experiences in their worlds before usually getting kicked out in a really tragic, unfortunate way as a little gut punch. If you're interested in books that are not in the series but are kind of have portal fantasy elements, I've got a couple to recommend here today. Uh, the first one is going to be The Summer in Orcus by Ursula Vernon. This is a book about a girl named Summer. She's 11 years old. She's a normal girl, and she's living in a very normal world uh, in which she is not allowed to do much of anything because her mother is extremely overprotective, kind, very sensitive, overbearing, and is very worried at all times about her daughter's safety. Uh, then, you know, during the summer, uh, a house sitting atop two chicken feet decides to kind of sit down in her back alley behind her house. And this is not a common event. And it turns out that this house's inhabitant is uh, one one Baba Yaga, nice. who offers Summer, because, you know, she's in a good mood today, offers Summer a chance to embrace her heart's desire. She'll grant a wish. And Summer, being 11 and fairly practical, is like, I don't know what my heart's desire is. I'm 11. <laughs> but being a shapeshifter might be pretty cool. So Baba Yaga offers her a chance to go on an adventure and kind of figure out what her heart's desire is. She kind of offers, like, let's go have a quest. So she gets transported to the magical world of Orcus, in which her first objective is to figure out what she's supposed to be doing there because nobody told her what to do. Uh, she's got a kind of talking little weasel character to help her. And it's a real interesting book. And if that doesn't sell you on it, uh, there's a warehouse in this book. And that's W-E-R-E, -E, not W-A-R-E. Oh. This is a wolf that turns into a house. I love it. Yeah. Um, another book that I would recommend is uh, The 10,000 Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow. That's a book about January, who's a girl who grows up in the home of the one wealthy Cornelius Locke, who employs her father Julian to travel the globe in search of odd objects and valuable treasures. Her life is pretty great. She thinks it's pretty normal. When she was seven, she thought she might have found a door leading to another world in the middle of a field. But eh, who knows? That could have just been her imagination. At 17, though, her father disappears, and she comes across a book that kind of blows her world wide open. And she then becomes set kind of on a journey to find herself and learn more about the world than she ever thought possible. Very much a uh, portal fantasy adjacent kind of novel. Finally, The Magicians by Lev Grossman. This is kind of like the adult version of a portal fantasy. A little bit of Harry Potter in here, too. It's about Quentin Coldwater, a 17-year-old high schooler. Like most kids in his world, he's read the book series Fillory and Further, which is about a group of children who discover a magical land and have adventures there. But then instead of you know going to his college interview, he gets snatched up and given the chance to interview to be in North America's only magical school, which has secretly existed this whole time. The portal fantasy comes later, after graduation, in which he and some of his classmates discover that uh, Fillory is real. And you can absolutely go there, and they do. That's a dark novel. It's a series. Quentin is a divisive character. He's not nice. He's not a nice guy. <laughs> um, All <so>. right. <laughs>
But uh, those are the recommendations I've got. Right. What are we reading next time, Kathleen? Well, if you didn't get enough murder in this book... Oh, uh, no. <laughs> if you didn't get enough murder in this book, next time we are reading A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. I picked this book for a few reasons, and only one of them was to torture you. Okay. I think you'll like this one. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So it's like a multimedia kind of book. So it features transcripts, diagrams, emails, messages, uh, sorts of things. And it's set in Fairfield County. Oh. And there's actually some important scenes that take place in New Canaan. The Local Connection. The Local Connection by a British author. Well. <laughs> but um, it's a lot of fun. So it's basically, it's about uh, this girl, Pippa Fitzamobi, who decides that she's going to do her final year project on this very famous murder that happened in her small town five years ago. The police are convinced that it was committed by Sal Singh, who murdered his girlfriend, Andy Bell. And everyone in town, they've, they're like, case closed. This is it. But Pippa's not so sure, so she starts to uncover some of these secrets. She teams up with Sal's younger brother, Ravi, and they're going to find out the truth. Uh, so... I don't know. I think I think it might be an exciting read for next time. Are you up for it? That sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll give that one a go. I can't believe we're already at our season finale. I'm really excited to to read this uh, this book. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening, everyone.